This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies all the days of the week. I gotta change that up. I've said that 500 times now. Probably. Well, no. no, in the beginning, and it, it used was, to be something else. The podcast in the beginning was like 10 minutes. Yeah. That was actually nice. Like, now 40K Today does that, and they're doing a really good job of it. But uh, you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at FrontlineGaming.org. All the days of the week at a discount with free shipping options within the continental United States. Woo woo. I'm your host, Recius. With me is Frankius. And today we are going to <laughs> Don't talk... you dare do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Frankio and Recio. Nope. Apparently. Definitely not. Uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff, but predominantly we're going to focus on uh, the new 9th edition 40K information that has been revealed by GW, causing all kinds of controversy. The way Zach said it, controversy. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, I can't even I can't even imitate it correctly. I like it. Aluminium. I drive my Jaguar, and it causes quite the controversy. Controversy. <laughs> so anyway, besides uh, imitating an English accent very poorly, let's talk about what's going on in the GW hobby. Boom! Take it away, Frankie. Yeah, stuff's going. <laughs> Nailed it. Psychic so, awakening. This week's uh, pre-order is The War of the Spider. It's a Psychic Awakening. I think it's the last one. I think I'm pretty sure it's the last one. I think there's one. There was so many of them, I, and I we worked remember. on it so long ago, I don't remember. No, there's like 100 more. There's so many of them. But I, I think this is the last one. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. We'll find out here pretty soon. But uh, this one features Chaos, uh, Chaos Knights, all kinds of stuff. There really, really go. useful book, obviously. One more. There's one more after this. Oh, yeah, there we go. Thanks, chat. I guess there is one more. In our face. <laughs> uh, thanks for telling us. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, 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 but we secretly run the Gaming Illuminati. We don't even know what's coming out. On point. Well, this is just a... It's all clever ruse. It's all smoke. <laughs> it's smoke just to throw a smoke screen out, yeah. No, we actually don't know what, what's going on. Uh, we're barely aware of, of what we have for breakfast today. It's true. Uh, but this is a really good book. There's tons of information in it. Uh, you definitely want to grab it if you play any of the factions represented in it. Or you might want to grab it just to stay on top of what's happening. And of course, as GW has said, these were written with Ninth Edition in mind. So, um, you're, you know, it's a safe purchase, so to speak. Uh, lots of cool stuff in it. You can grab that from us, store.frontlinegaming.org at a discount. And as we said, free shipping options within the continental United States. Pretty cool. Uh, also, yeah. the new Fabius bio model is really, really rad. And there's a Blackstone Fortress expansion. It's called Deadly Alliance, and it has a Zote. Oh, man, that's Bam. exciting. Bam! What is a Zote? A Zote is what Tyranids wore before they were Tyranids. Ah, okay. Yeah. Their, their backstory is silly, and they look silly. No, it's just a Zote. They have, they have like pistols and they like talk and stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. They have personalities. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's a throwback model. If you, if you want to get a good laugh, go back and look at the original Zote. It's very silly looking. Uh, it's from like the eighties or the early nineties. It's really, really old. The old models are amazing. Yeah. They have a lot of, they have a lot of character. They do. Uh, I really like the old uh, chaos models. 
what was the one character? It was like a, it was like Indiana Jones. No, it was uh, uh, Obi Wan Sherlock. Clouseau. There you go. He was an Inquisitor. His the model one, had to have been amazing. They never had the model. They had oh, a picture I thought of they him. did a model. Oh. And uh, the picture is epic, dude. He has like a outback Australian hat. He has a duster and he has a tank top with a yin yang symbol on it. That guy's here to party. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had a mullet too. <laughs> I mean, it was just the most Amazing. glorious thing I've ever seen. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, back in the in Rogue Trader, it was the Wild West. Like, it was, it was yeah. crazy. Um, Tigerius was half Eldar. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was half it's Eldar, close. half uh, human. And Space Marine, like, Lehman Russ was just, like, a random Space Marine captain. And uh, Space Marines weren't superhuman back then, too. They were just... How times have changed. They, they were, like, fanatical shock troopers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very reminiscent of Dune. But as as much of 40K's backstory is inspired by Dune, we'll say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. You can get his out. Fun times. Uh, also, really big news for us. Very exciting news. Uh, we finally got restocked. We've been out. We've only had four by six mats in inventory for a while. Yeah. COVID really screwed up a lot of supply chains, including um, including ours. So we finally got restocked. We've got back in stock three by threes, four by fours, six by threes, four by eights, 30 by 22s, desk mats, display mats. Everything. Whatever kind of mat you Place mats. <laughs> Your mat, my mat. Uh, door mats, I don't know, everything. But, and then obviously the most exciting part is that we now have 44 by 60s, which is the, the size that GW has told us is the new recommended size for playing uh, 2,000 point games of Worm 40,000. And they're, you know, what I would anticipate you're going to see most commonly played on uh, as we go forward yeah. here. But of course, as GW said, you don't have to get a 44 by 60. Uh, you could play on a 4 by 6 or a 4 by 8 or a 4 by 4 and do whatever you want. Yeah. But um, that's, you know, that's going to be kind of the standard going forward. So if you want to get one, we've got them all. We're ready to rock. Jump on in there and grab one. Uh, and the smaller size is, is, it takes a little getting used to when you're playing the game you don't really notice it but it really is nicer it just it takes up less space and um i i've definitely come around on it yeah. yeah so jump on in you can grab a new 44 by 60 or any of the other sizes though, or yeah. whatever you want do whatever you want the world's <laughs> yours your baby we've got all of them all right so the big news about ninth edition warhammer 40,000 in the last week holy cow a lot of information came out in the last week, like when I was writing the show notes, I was like, I don't even think we're going to be able to cover everything. There's just too much. No. It's, and it's because of COVID, um, GW shut down for almost three months. And so now they're like, they're, they're trying to play catch up and they're trying to like keep the, um, the release schedule kind of on schedule. So like we're getting like multiple things at once. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like an information overload. Yeah. And you know, the Per usual, some of these um, sneak peeks that are meant to generate excitement and get people hyped for ninth, out of context, it's causing confusion. Yeah, they're so, missing information. So yeah, so try to as much as you can try to um, not like jump to conclusions. There's still a lot of information. Yeah, that hasn't come out yet. That is going to change um, your kind of how all this works in practice so just hang tight a lot of people are jumping to conclusions right now which i totally understand because they don't have enough information to not jump to a conclusion 
But uh, some of the things that people think are going to happen based off of the information that they have right now are actually not going to happen. I, I know that's cryptic, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you're reading a rule, but without all of the other rules, it's out of context, like we said. So yeah. just wait. Yeah. Eventually, you'll see the whole thing. So, you know, the, the, the dastardly reseal may not have struck fully. So just hang tight. Just everybody. wait. Just wait. All right. So the big news that they announced early in the week, actually right after the show, um, after last week's show, was about terrain. Wee. And it caused a bit of a controversy. Ooh, there you go. It's <laughs> a good word. It, it caused a little bit of a stir because... Um, they, they didn't real they didn't show all of the terrain rules so again out of context just looking at snippets of it, it you didn't get the full picture and so a lot of people are are assuming that the terrain works in ways that it won't actually work in um, in practice but what they did reveal is that there's going to be terrain ter, uh, terrain uh, traits or keywords and they didn't show you all of them they showed you some of them but they did tell you, that you can give as many of the terrain traits to a piece of terrain as you want. So you can really customize what the terrain does and it doesn't have to reflect how it looks. Yeah. So it's really flexible. It's a really good system. Um, when you, when everybody gets to read all of the rules, it will make more sense. But what they did show us is they showed us ruins and then they showed kind of like the category and the traits that it has area terrain which that's exactly what you think it is it's the way we've all defined it even when that wasn't a, a word in the game um and then they show you some of the traits it's scalable breachable it has light cover it's defensible and it's obscuring so you didn't get the definition for all of those so <laughs> um you, you'll have to just give it your best guess and we'll talk about the ones that they did reveal they forgot beautiful they forgot pink foam they you forgot know, a lot of things home is where the heart is <laughs> there you go right that'd be good hang out on the hearth um, and then armored containers is another type of terrain that they showed you. These vast steel containers, blah, blah, blah. So they're cargo containers. So the terrain categories, obstacles, again, you don't really know what that is yet, but you will. And it has the terrain traits, light cover, scalable, exposed position. You could probably guess what those mean by the, what they're called. Um, but you know, you'll get more of that as we go. And yeah. in, in practice, the way that this is going to work, I think is that for a pickup game, you'll just talk to your opponent and be like, uh, why don't we say these are X, Yeah. right? Or you'll just go off of the, the examples that they give you. Um, and then for tournaments, the TO will probably just have it in the pack. The R train uses these keywords. Yep. And make it really easy, right? Um, and then the ones that they gave us the definitions for, the first one is obscuring. And this is the one that caused a lot of, <laughs> I don't know, angst. Yeah. Is the right way to put it. But just just remember, this is an optional trait that you can assign to a piece of terrain. You don't have to do it, right? Yeah. Like every terrain piece on the board is not going to have the obscuring keyword. No. Right? Like they showed you the armored container doesn't have it. You choose to give it to a piece of terrain or not, right? Uh, so basically, if um, if this terrain feature is at least five inches in height, then models cannot see through or over this terrain feature. This means that one model is not visible to another if you cannot draw a straight line one millimeter in thickness between them without it passing through in, in, or over any part of this terrain feature. The height of a terrain feature is measured from the highest point on that terrain feature. 
models that are on or within this feature can be seen and targeted normally. So I'm going to interrupt myself. What that means is if you give a piece of terrain the obscuring keyword um, and it's like a GW ruin, the magic box effect is no longer in play. Yeah, right? if, you're, if you're on the ruin or whatever, they yeah. can see you. Not that it ever was unless you chose for it to be. Yeah. Right. So that's a little bit different than the way if you play ITC, that's a little bit different. But if you're behind it, you have the abstraction of not being able to see through it, even if you can see the model. Yep. All right, Eric, and this is the part that made everybody lose their biscuits. <laughs> Aircraft models and models with a wound characteristic of 18 or more are visible and can be targeted even if this terrain feature is in between it and the firing model. Um, so what, what this is meant to do is that big giant things like knights and aircraft, um, even if they are actually hidden by this, don't get hidden. So the idea is not to have a 12 inch high wall that a knight is actually literally hidden behind and go, that has the obscuring keyword. I can see your knight. That's not the way it's going to work in reality, right? That'd be awesome. Though. That'd be really stupid. That'd be great. <laughs> so clearly a big giant wall like the LGT or Nova, the L's, you're probably not going to give it the obscuring trait, right? Where the knights yeah, It's already going to be blocking line of sight anyways. You don't need to give it that trait. You're going to give it different traits. So people yeah. are like, so my knight, I can't see it and they're still going to shoot it. I'm like, no. no, come on. But it allows you to make the GW buildings, which have like doors and windows and all this stuff, uh, to where it can block your models, which is really nice. Yeah, that's the intent, right? Yeah. Like Blade Wing in the chat says, Riptide equals hidden triumph of Saint Catherine, not hidden. See, like, that, like try to apply some logic to the, to the situation. Of course, that's not the way it's going to work. That's silly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not mocking you, Blade Wing. I know a lot of people are saying that. So, like Frankie said, what you're in practice going to do is give a GW ruin the obscuring keyword, yep. right? So that it actually blocks line of sight. Yeah, pretty much anything that has like a lot of line of sight issues where there's just windows and all that stuff. Instead of having to board them up and actually cover them up, you just give them an obscuring and now it does exactly what you wanted it to do. Right. So it, it's a benefit. It's not... A downside, our main man, RVD, one of a kind in the chat says, hey guys, they already said in probably one of the live streams they've been doing, which are really awesome. You should definitely tune in on um, their Twitch channel to watch those. Uh, they already said true line of sight is still in the game. So, yep. Yeah, there you go, right? Thank you, RVD, I appreciate that. I didn't know if they had said that or yet or not. So yeah, it's it's not silly where it's like, oh, I, can, I can't see you, but I can see you. Um, that, it, it's more sensible than that. Yeah. Um, so some of these keywords, um, I, I wish we could explain what they did, but um, we, we can't yet. But there's some really cool ones, like um, like uh, they talk about with ruins, uh, like scalable and breachable and light cover and defensible. They, they kind of talked about it a little bit um, in the, one of the live streams. But these are really cool and they resolve a lot of the problems that we had in 8th edition where certain types of units couldn't like go into certain terrain pieces like you know all that silly stuff that was not really super fun a lot of these keywords fix that yeah. you know all you have to do is apply them to the terrain so even though um the way it was presented may have caused a little bit of confusion uh have faith the terrain rules are really good in, in our opinion yeah I mean, what, like but again you just you have to wait and see what all the rules mean and yeah. then i think what you'll see is that most events 
there will be certain keywords that they apply to most of the terrain. Yeah. So. And you'll like, it'll become like, it'll be, there, there will become like a standard way to do it. Right. Like yeah. in, in pickup games, you can do whatever the heck you want as always, but like there will probably become like basic, you know, ITC style guidelines for what traits to use. It'll be, it'll sort itself out pretty quick and you'll get, you'll get used to playing terrain pieces a certain way to make it easy. Yeah. Right. And it'll just be, it'll be logical. It's like, oh, okay. If you're a ruin, you're going to have these. If you're a big wall, you're going to have these. If you're a, a forest, you're going to have these. And yeah. that's another really cool one is if, if you gave like a forest, the obscuring keyword, it actually blocks line of sight. Yeah. Right? And that's rad. That's really cool. And the idea is that, you know, that if a knight's standing behind a forest, he's not blocked by the forest. That's what it's for. Yeah. Um, you know, not the other way around. So uh, we'll talk really quickly about the other two that they showed. Light cover. Uh, when an attack made with a ranged weapon against a model that is receiving the benefits of cover with this terrain feature, add one to their saving throw. So it's it's the normal cover that you're used to. Yep. Uh, and then heavy cover. When an attack made with a melee weapon wounds a model that is receiving the benefit of cover from this terrain feature, add one to the saving throw uh, made against that attack unless the model making the attack made a charge move. This one confused people. Basically, it's another keyword that you can give to a terrain piece, which can also have light cover. Yeah. It's not either or. It can be light cover and heavy cover. And basically, the idea is that... It, because one of the complaints previously was that cover didn't do anything in melee. Yeah. Well, now, now if you're behind like a barricade or something, it makes it harder for someone to hit you or to kill you in melee um, unless you charged. Yep. So that that's it. That's all it is, right? Um, it just get, it makes terrain interact in the fight phase in, in addition to the shooting phase. And one of the ones they hinted at on the live stream is that um, there's a terrain trait that also can give you minus one to be hit and uh shooting yep so yeah i think the the terrain traits are really cool i think you guys will really like it, it i i think it's one of the best things of ninth edition for, yeah. for sure um it it is it is a little complex at first right when you there's a lot of traits and stuff yeah so it'll take a little bit of getting used to but like once you play it it's kind of the way we were playing the game anyway before it just make it gives it official definitions and then gives you a little some more options yep Right. So you'll get you'll get accustomed to it really quickly, even though on first glance, you're like, oh, man, this is a little complicated. It's really not. Once you start playing it, it's, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then lastly, they show a picture. This is really cool. A lot of people kind of miss this. They show a picture of a 44 by 60 table set up with a, a recommended density and um, uh, distribution of terrain. This is really, really good. And it totally flew under the radar. I didn't see anybody talking about this. This is great, right? So yeah. this is like, hey, this is what we intend for a game of 2,000 points on the 44 by 60 table. This is how much terrain we recommend that you have. They, yeah. they haven't really ever done this before. No, the cool thing too is it's like $500 worth of terrain. So <laughs> <laughs> You buy it from those? Those GW buildings are expensive, but yeah. it is really cool because they show the GW buildings and they're actually taking a part in the game now. Like... You don't have to come up with this weird rule where it's like, oh, the windows are just blocked up. Don't yeah. worry about it. Or the, now you one, just give it obscured. One of the annoying things too, like to your point, uh, Frankie, is that a lot of people were actually physically blocking the windows. Exactly. Yeah. And that takes a ton of work and it doesn't always look that great. 
So now you just give it the obscuring keyword and you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. But again, like I want to reiterate the point that it is different than the way we were doing it in that as soon as you step onto the terrain, you don't get it's that true level. line of sight. So yeah. that that is, you know, a little bit more challenging to. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the GW buildings is they usually don't have bases. So boom. It's true. It's true. So until you go up All like a floor. All of ours are though. Yeah. <laughs> All of ours are on bases, so I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, and, it, and again, as a TO, you can make your own terrain trade if yeah. you really wanted to. Like, if you have a table where it's it's really detrimental to, to, if you need some other way to do it, you can you can always just say, like, oh, here's a terrain trait we have for the 40K Smackdown in Illinois or whatever, whatever event. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, our ruins also are obscuring even if you're in it like you could easily do that if you if you needed to yeah it's it's, it's no big deal and it all depends on how your terrain's built and all yeah. that stuff so. yeah but it's it's really flexible i like it um and then the fact that their gw is showing you hey this is the way we intend for a 2000 point match play kind of competitive game to be played really helps tos and new players to understand how much terrain should they have and how should it be set up on the table before in the past it was always like 25% of the board should be covered in terrain. All right, well, that, that helps, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really yeah. show me what to do. Um, all right, well, let's answer a couple questions in the chat before we move on to the next one. Everybody's wondering what scalable does. Well, you could probably guess by just looking up the definition of scalable, scalable, yeah. but you have to wait. Um, ruins and containers have it. Yep. So yeah, probably has something to do with scaling things. Huh. If I was going to guess. <laughs> Uh, Stiffneck Studio says, loving it now that you can do things like make trenches like cover, hard cover, defensible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes the terrain very cinematic and interactable. It's cool. Definitely. And if you like have one of those cool boards that you built at your house, you can give like your little trenches, like special rules and all that stuff, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, and it, it even lets you, because we have a lot of like scatter terrain that we do because it just looks neat. Um, and in 8th edition, it was literally worthless. It didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was completely worthless. Yeah. And we're like, boy, I'm glad I spent days of my life making all of this. And now you can give uh, traits to things like scatter train, like little barriers, or even those little flat um, things that GW makes that are just like, they look neat, but they don't really serve any purpose. Now they do. Like, you can give them terrain traits that yeah. make them actually useful in the game. Um, you just have to remember all of them <laughs> while you're playing. Um Mall Security asks, what's the ETA on the new size gaming mats? Today, baby. They're in the cart. You can today. go pick them up. Today. Go grab one right now. Plus all of our other sizes because we were sold out for like three a months. Month. Yeah. It was a while. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we kept running out of yeah. uh, stocking out. Uh, let me see if we can answer any more questions. Um, oh, yes, we are doing the LVO 2021. Jimmy Norris, unless something crazy happens between now and then, we are doing it. Um, and we're planning on having registration open. The goal is June 29th. I, I feel reasonably confident we can commit to that. Um, we normally do it on June 1st, but we pushed it back because of all the, you know, uh, everything that's going on, especially in North America right now. Uh, but we're, we're aiming for June 29th for the full registration opening. Yeah. So we did, we did pre-registration for all the previous high rollers and stuff, but, yeah. uh, normal registration will be at the end of the month. Yep. Uh, have we already talked about defensible terrain in today's reveal? Vaguely. Did they did they talk about defensible terrain today? Oh, they yeah. did. Yeah, they did. Cool. We can talk about it right now then, I guess. Uh, defensible, that was in today's preview on the Warhammer community page. 
Infantry units can hold steady or set to defend Ooh. if no enemy is within engagement range. Hold steady. It should have been rock steady. <laughs> so if you are in a terrain with a uh, piece of terrain with a defensible keyword, which is going to be like barriers, trenches, uh, ruins sometimes. Really, yeah. I mean, you can put it on whatever you want. Um, but those are the kind of like what was the, the when they envisioned it. That was the way. It's like a, a defensive position and someone's coming at you. And then when you uh, then you can Overwatch uh, attacks, your Overwatch attacks hit on a five plus, right? It's pretty cool. Overwatch is way different, and we'll cover that in a little bit. Uh, and then if you go set to defend, you cannot fire Overwatch, but you add one to hit rolls in the next fight phase. So obviously this is for a unit like a Termagant, or I'm sorry, a Hormagant, or a Gene Stealer that can't shoot, but it gives them a th- something cool they can do. Like I would ready. still hold steady. <laughs> I'm just like, eh. Your oh, opponent's God. like, what are you doing? You'd be like, you'll Just see. Wait. You'll see. Just spinning a CP for nothing. You'll see. Um, so that's really cool, right? Like, it's very cinematic. And because Overwatch is very different, and when you do do it, it needs to be really significantly effective. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. Um, you know, if you hold steady and then you use your Overwatch stratagem uh, on a you know really good shooting unit, it's great. Or if you have, like, a big unit of Gene Stealers or whatever, yeah um, and they're getting charged i don't know why that would ever happen but it could be you know then they're going to be hitting on twos so pretty cool all right let's see if there's any other questions uh high fleet uh, virilius chaos blog in your playtester experience how has smaller tables affected your gameplay and balance um you honestly don't even really notice it no it's it once you're playing the game you don't you don't super notice the smaller table, especially because your army is going to be smaller. So you have less units. You you really, it's kind of a non-issue once you start actually playing the game. And really what's funny, if you actually think back to it, how often were you playing on a full six by four table? Yeah, it's usually just in one little corner. Yeah, you're middle. usually playing in like half the table or like one of the quarters or you're not playing all the way to the edge. So it really didn't come into play all that often. So Yeah. I, I don't, it's really not that that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a really big change. It's kind of shocking when you hear about it because they've never done that before. But um, once you actually start playing, it's really, it's not that big of a deal. No. And like we were saying, uh, for for store owners, for uh, event organizers. Even just in your own house, honestly. It, it makes it way easier to actually play the game, obviously, because you don't need as much space. Yeah. So, um and that was why GW did it. They wanted to make the game more accessible. Um, you know, it makes it easier to play on, you know, your kitchen table or, or whatever uh, the case may be, right? That was why they did it. And it, it, it's true, obviously. It's, yeah. If you need less area to play the game, it's easier to do. Um, so let's talk about the other reveal that they did for ninth, which was about aircraft. So aircraft are changing in the way they play. It's kind of more like... Um, uh, previous editions where they could fly off the table. So whenever an aircraft model arrives from strategic reserve, you can choose to set it up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches away from enemy models facing any direction instead of setting it up wholly within six inches of a particular battlefield edge. And that's because normal reserves, they're kind of giving you a hint of the way normal reserves works. Yeah. Because um, this is different from that. Aircraft models can never declare a charge on the turn in which they arrive from strategic reserves, but otherwise follow all the normal rules, right? So then... Um, a lot of people that played, you know, aircraft in their army 
might have been concerned about the smaller table. It's going to be easier to die because I can't, you know. But now you just fly off the table. Yeah. Right? So if you screw up with your facing with your aircraft, they don't just die. You just they just come off and go back on the next turn. Yeah, it's just like it worked in uh, what seventh, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, then they talk about some of the other ways that models interact with aircraft. Basically, it's the same as it is now, plus the FAQ. So yeah. you can move over their base. You can be in base-to-base -base contact with them. Um, you just can't end on their base. And that was to stop the really dumb and gamey move blocking with flyers, which you still can do. It's just not as easy. Yeah. Um, so it just it helps mitigate that. That's what all that uh, is about. Oh, and then... The silly, heroic inter heroically intervening towards a flyer. That was great. Yeah, that was a good, good little gamey trick that, you know, people don't like those things. Yeah. And then they define what are aircraft. And there's conspicuously some things missing from this, like Heldrakes and certain things like that. Uh, Tyranid, um, Hive Crones and Harpies and stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be a little different. They're not aircraft. Right? And they're not now anyway. Um they have different keywords. All right, let's see if we can answer a couple questions. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Looking forward to the Primaris Wolf and Terminators of Wolf Reese Carl. Yeah, there you have to go. wait a while for those. They're really cool. Just um, keep waiting. Hexfleet Virilis says, I hope aircraft can't capture objectives. Yeah, I mean, they don't now, right? Uh, No, unless they land. I can't remember. They don't. Yeah, so if they don't now, I don't think they, they I would guess they don't in ninth. Um, Axis of Entropy, does heavy cover only help charging units? You're going to have to wait and see. But as we have seen right now, it only helps. Um, it only affects melee. Yeah. As, as we can see it now. And again, really remember, you can give um, you can give a terrain piece light cover and heavy cover if yep. you want, if it feels appropriate. Um, all right. And then today's reveal was about Overwatch. So now Overwatch, you can only do it with a stratagem. And remember... This is not all of the rules of the game, so try not to freak out. <laughs> if you are... Uh, or do. Just or, do it. Why not? Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying yeah. this. People are still going to freak out. Just hang tight, right? Like, you're not getting the full picture yet. So just hang tight. But this is a really big change. Uh, Overwatch is only with a stratagem. It's a one CP stratagem. That means only one unit can do it. Yep. Uh, unless you have some other rule that lets you get around this. Um, so that's a big change, obviously. It makes it way easier to get into combat. Yep. Um, and then it talks about the way Overwatch works. You know, certain rules enable units to fire Overwatch at a unit, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then it just, I don't need to read the whole thing. It basically just goes over how it works. Overwatch before charge rolls are made. All charge targets that can fire Overwatch can do so. Um, you can never fire Overwatch while enemy units are in engagement range. While firing Overwatch, you hit on sixes. So it's the same basic thing. Yeah. However, uh, now you have to do it with a stratagem, usually, unless you have another rule that lets you circumvent that. Um, and then cool-headed. Ooh. You can reroll failed morale tests taken for this unit in addition if a unit declares this unit as the target of their charge. What? <laughs> this unit can fire Overwatch. And we'll score hits on unmodified unit rolls of five. So there you six. go. There you go. I don't remember what that was in context. The gaunt would be cool-headed. What was I don't even remember what the context of that one was. Hmm. I forget. It's just somebody's special rule. Yeah, there you go. I think, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, we'll have to look that one up. I can't. I, maybe someone in, someone in chat will remember what cool-headed was referring to. I actually forget <laughs> off the top of my head. It was to those new cool uh, bikers. 
the quad bikers that oh, were ridiculous. It no, was for Crusade, which is the narrative play, and it's a trade yeah. you can get. That's right. <laughs> right, right, right. And the Crusade rules are really, really cool. They They're are. super duper cool. Um, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that in the chat. All right. So, big change. Overwatch, largely gone. It's going to be very... You're only going to use it when yeah. it's going to be good. It'll be different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I personally like it. I always played Assault Army, so, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Overwatch was always... It was a pain. Anytime you charge and just... If you lost a unit in Overwatch, you're like, oh, man. So, I never really liked Overwatch. Which it could still happen with flamer weapons and all that stuff. But uh, you have to wait and see what all the other rules are, of course. So Yeah, and I wasn't ever a big fan of it either because um, it started to get insane. Like, a space Oh, there were so many armies that were, like, hitting on fives, re-rolling. Full you're, like, re-rolls. Okay. you're like, what the hell? And it's just, it's not, in my opinion, it's not fun to get a melee unit across the table and then die in the Overwatch. You're yeah. like, that was so unenjoyable. Like, it's like watching the last scene of uh, The Last Samurai, right? You're like, oh boy, this is so, this is such a fun yeah. game. Oh, yeah, man. I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's one of the bigger changes. Yeah, uh, but I, I personally like it. I think it's, I think it's really good. So. And again, you'll, you'll see a lot of stuff the the game developers their number in in my opinion as it has been related to me one of the top goals was to speed the game up and removing overwatch gets rid of a shooting phase so and then a lot of times you're rolling like a hundred dice with yeah. rerolls and you're doing like three wounds yeah like, all right. so that that's kind of like as I understand it that's the logic behind a lot of these decisions yeah. So GW revealed some new models too, like not only what was going to be in um, the new starter box, which looks absolutely phenomenal. They revealed some extra models too. One of them is the Space Marine Mario Kart. This thing is, you know, it's a big GW miss. has a lot of hits. It's a big miss for me. They have a lot of hits, especially Lady Sigmar. And then they give us this guy. And you're like, what in the world were you thinking with that? Mariano oh, likes it, man. which is cool. But that thing is well, just... It's funny because we don't see like we, we we usually just get the rules right, and that's just what we work with, and we yeah. we're kind of excited to see the models too, and we've been waiting. And I saw the bikes, and I was like, yes, they look so sick. Ah, it's like like it's like Akira. And then I saw the quad, and I was like, that's not what I was picturing in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not awful. It's just really silly, and like it doesn't look like it's finished, right? Like it's a hard no. That's a that's just a miss. It's missing. I feel like it's missing the fairing from the front, and it should be higher up. It's just a miss. Reason. Well, and like the Gatling yeah. gun, if he's shooting it, that's going to be awful for the guy whose head yeah, he's is got like, a helmet. He's, fine. he's two inches underneath the barrel, and it's going to be like blinding him. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It could have been. It could have been great. It could have been great. I don't hate it. I just, I'm not. I'm like. Well, it's I, just. It's funny because like people are posting pictures of like the warthog from uh, Halo. But that thing was cool. I know. So just copy that. Like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because it's, and it's like so low is. to the ground. Like, it should be. Yeah. Well, I mean, so are the bikes, to be fair. The but bikes the, are like touching the ground. But the current bikes are the exact same way. Yeah. Like, but why not just lift them up? Just lift them up a little bit. Well, I mean, I like the way the Space Marine bikes look. I think they look awesome. Yeah. But even when those, when the new bikes came out in second edition, we've yeah. had them for that long. When I got them as a kid, I was like, these look so sick. And even then, I was like, these wouldn't even be able to go over like a rut in the road. No. But oh, who yeah. cares? It, it looks cool. 
It now makes sense why vehicles and stuff can't go over like barriers because they're so low to the ground that yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to. The only ones <laughs> that look like they would function correctly are the uh, Gene Sealer Colt. Or like the hover ones. Yeah, though, yeah, that would be great. Well, it's funny because have you seen the memes now where it's like, it's like Land Raider. What do we do with this? Make it hover. This other, uh, I forgot what the other tank was. And then make it hover. And then it's like, what do we do with a land speeder? Put it on the ground. You're like, why? <laughs> what is the, what, what are you doing? This isn't supposed to replace a land speeder. This is replacing the attack. Mode. I know, I know. But yeah. a land or yeah. a, a repulsor is not replacing a land raider. They're yeah. just different. But it was really funny. Well, it's not replacing it. It's the equivalent. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just I feel like it needs to have the fairing in the front be lifted up. What's well, also like the little like what's with the little tiny shields? Like yeah, the shield to drop or block the uh, driver only covers like a quarter of his body. It's like a it's like a crotch plate. And same for the one that's <laughs> guarding the gunner. Like yeah. it's pointless. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They tried. I, they you tried. know what? If I if you gave me ten years, I couldn't sculpt anything better than this. To be fair, it's better than anything I could do. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of conversions. With yeah, these, I think so too. It, it is a little silly looking. Um, eh, whatever. And then they showed us see? the gun platform. This one's cool. I like it. This one's really cool. Yeah. I like Especially it. Especially for like a narrative game or something like that. These would be sick. You could do some really cool stuff. If anybody out there is a big AVP fan like me. Oh, yeah. So, in, uh, in Aliens 2, the only one that really. One is amazing. It's a good horror movie. Aliens two is the best one by a mile um there if you get the extended if you get the director's cut there's a amazing scene that they cut out of the, the theatrical release for reasons that defy logic because it's an amazing scene they okay. set up automated gun turrets well this one's not automated but yeah i get your point yeah. it looks it looks really similar yeah and there's a scene where they're killing the aliens and then they're it's really tense because they're running out of bullets yeah and the aliens, but it, it explains why there don't there's not more aliens uh, three round bursts, yeah. God, that movie was so good. Really Neil Blomkamp was supposed to do a sequel to the number two, mm-hmm. and he didn't get off the ground. I was like, oh, because he would have done. They such got a good super job. close, and then he would have done such flat. a good job. Because the last, the, the the last three Alien movies have sucked. Yeah. The last one was okay. Were they gonna? They were gonna bring back uh, Hicks, weren't they? Yeah, that yeah. that was Blomkamp's version, and yeah. I was like, yes, please do it. Three was okay. Right, three tried to be one and it was okay. Yeah. And then four was a train wreck. It was so awful. And then um, um, the last two went completely read the story. I don't know. It's weird. Jeff liked the last one. I was like, I guess, buddy. Of what? AVP? No, of Aliens. Oh. Because he was a huge AVP fan, and uh, he really liked the last one. It was the sequel to Prometheus. Oh yeah, yeah. So you don't even remember it. That's it was how dumb it, was it was weird. It was a weird one. It wasn't awful. It just I didn't like it. It was like yeah. the exact same story. Like it was the oh, exact same thing as the Prometheus android almost. is the bad guy. Oh, oh who yeah. saw that coming? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. The last Predator though was, was really one of the worst bad. movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> really bad. That was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So terrible. And ever, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So many misses. We're back. Let's take a look at some of the Necrons that are going to be in the starter box because they are absolutely awesome. Um, this is the new Heavy Destroyer-ish This thing is thing. incredible. It's so sick. I love how big their jets got. <laughs> their jets yeah. are like ginormous. Well, it's based off of Jeff, Jess Goodwin's original art for the yeah. model. And it just, he's so chunky and chonky. And just Super cool. 
awesome. And he's not on those flying bases anymore, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. And then we got this new canoptic Majigger. Can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, the new destroyer. Everyone's like, it's got the thickness. It, it does. You know, yep. 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 In a good way. In all the right ways. And uh, I can't remember what this thing is called. Whatever. It's not It's not a nanoscarab. It's something else. But canoptic thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the model looks amazing. War and, of the Worlds. Yeah, totally right. That's exact. It's, it looks like a tripod from War of the Worlds. Um, but hey, it's amazing. Super it's a cool. Chungus destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good uh, one in the chat. So uh, they show one of the rules: the, the nano scarab reanimation beam. If you, in your command phase you can select one friendly dynasty unit within nine inches of this model, if you do, until the start of your next command phase, while that unit is within nine inches of this model, add one to the reanimation protocols. Cool. Boom. Plus one, reanimation protocols to a unit. That makes it really, really useful. Oop. And then he, you can kind of guess what the guns are that he has because you can recognize them from other other models. Yeah. In the range, like the gun on his head looks like the one from the Doomsday Arc. Doomsday Arc, and then the the little ones look like gauze, uh, some sort of gauze flares. Those um, are his little arms, Reese. His little T Rex arms. Let's go, guys. Come on. And then they showed off the new warriors, which look really, really cool. And the new weapon, the Gauze Reaper. Uh, rapid fire one, string five, AP two, one damage. It's only 14 inch range, and that caused quite the stir. It's funny because the warriors look exactly the same. They just have different guns. And when they've got like like cables hanging off of them, they look more undead. Uh, like uh, yeah, I guess maybe. Like the, yeah. <laughs> that cable was very interesting. <laughs> it's a well placed cable. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, they should have rotated that model like. Just a little degrees, bit. Just a little bit. Left yeah. or right. But I mean, that guy comes in and he <laughs> lets you know who's the boss. He's definitely the leader. Immediately of the team, establishes yeah. dominance. 100%. <laughs> Leaves nothing to the imagination. I was like, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the guns look really cool. Yeah, they got rid of the, the rod. Yeah. Yeah, which thankfully. makes sense. Those rods um, are so annoying. Yeah. Um, and as you can see, they have mixed guns in the unit. Yep. Which is cool. Uh, the Gauss Flares, like the um, the short range caused quite a stink in the Necron community because it's rapid fire one, so you have to be within seven inches. Um, so that that is... That's fair. That is a fair critique, but it's yeah. strength five AP two. That's really good. And in the article, they talk about combine it with Mephrit and then you can be AP three. Yeah. Which, you know, that's devastating, but you, you have to get really close. And Necron Warriors aren't known for their speed. Um <laughs> But, you know, again, you don't have the whole picture yet, you know. So if you're a Necron player, reserve judgment until you, you get the whole picture. Yeah. Know? So there might be there might be some cool tricks to get them into a range. Maybe you'll get a ghost arc. I don't know. Um, okay. Let's answer some questions before we move on. Uh, Valerie, you know we can't answer that question. Nice try that. And what about ghost arcs to get into range? Well, they move and you can be inside of them. Oh, look at that. There you go. I guess there's um, a new space marine pistol that's longer range. Oh, yeah. They have uh, Volkite. Yeah. They got Volkite weapons in space marines, which is really cool. They showed that off last week, or maybe it was this week. Um, it's one of the one of the lieutenants of the captain in the box set has a Volkite blaster. Yeah. And they have really cool rules, and that's exciting because that was a 30K weapon that's porting over to 40K. What was old becomes new. What was once old is new again. I don't know. 
Something like that. Uh, Jimmy Norris in the chat says you can put him in a croissant, baby. Boom. And then beam him onto the table. Yeah, teleport But don't you have to be nine inches away when you beam out? Yeah. I think, well, I think. I don't know. Unless they change it. Problem solved. Still no rapid fire for you. Um, yeah. You have, have they done the Necron faction focus article yet? I don't think so. Because, uh, you know, I'm sure Werner wrote that one. Since he's a Necron, big time Necron player. So yeah, hang tight until you see the uh, Necron Faction Focus article for 9th edition. Those are rolling out. Um, I still have to write mine. <laughs> uh, and you'll get more information that'll help uh, illuminate some of the combos and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think Warner is writing it, and he is one of the best Necron players I know, that I know. Um, and he's just a really smart guy in general. Uh, what are some of the other questions? Uh, any new Nurgle-like swamp mats coming down the pipe, coming down the tube... Ooh, there you go. Uh, need some fetid green goodness. Uh, maybe. Maybe. We're always looking for new ideas for mats. So, uh, if you want to, if you want to send us your kind of like a detailed idea of what you're looking for, we might be able to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I guess they did do the Necron focused, and did, did uh, it wasn't didn't help much. Is what oh, they said. Sorry, I can't. There was so much information that came out last week. I I don't. I really don't remember it all. Said it came out on Monday. Oh, okay. Well, apologies to chat there. We didn't know that. While we're secretly, you know, running the, the tabletop Illuminati, it's hard to keep up with this yeah. day-to-day Got stuff. more important stuff. Read <laughs> articles. Uh, well, if it didn't help, well, then you're just going to have to Sorry. be more patient. Just wait. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm writing the Tau Faction Focus. I did it for 8th edition. They actually asked me to do that, and I was like, please don't make me do this. You're like, how hate me? I was like, oh, I don't hey. think I'm the right person for the job. Of course, we'll do it if you ask me to. But uh, <laughs> we wrote most. We wrote most of those. We actually. wrote most of the faction focus yeah. articles for eighth edition. And then this this time they're like, hey guys, and we're like, we're really busy right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I I am writing one. And, uh, yeah. I need to get that done today. Actually, uh, let's see. We we'll have a couple more uh, questions in the chat. Uh, will will I, will you be writing the, the nid? Faction focus article. Uh, no, I would like to tell you who's writing it because it's a person that does a lot of NID content, but I don't know if we should reveal that or not. No, so we just won't, no. but it's somebody who's a, a NID expert for sure. Um, Reese is writing the squat uh, yeah. article. You heard it here first. The Zotes and Squats Zotes and combo squats. army. Yeah. Uh, Stu said reanimation protocols are reworked and are actually, and actually work now says RBD one of a kind there you go. in the chat. Well, there you go. I found they worked before, but you, your opponent could get overcome it. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a challenge. Um, Wizard of Boss says, Reese, I mentioned it above, but in case you are unaware, uh, there is a comic exploring Higgs and Newt's story after Headley's Hope. It's baller. Can you please send me the link to that, Wizard of Boss? Because I would I'll buy it immediately. I would love, Higgs is my favorite character in the AVP universe. Yeah, you said there was a comic and an audio book made for it. I heard about the audio drama and I heard it's really, really, really high quality. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Um, yeah, please send me the link to that. I mean, I'll get that. Uh, one of the best AVP books, sorry to keep going back, they did um, the Field Manual. Um, it's one of the coolest sci-fi books. It like breaks down all the tech and all their equipment. Um, it's super well, the awesome. Marines are like super advanced. Yeah. They're basically like a space marine. Well, no, not quite. They don't wear power armor, but they yeah. have. They do have like cool armor. And, yeah. Um, it's oh, so good. I love it. I love the AVP universe. I wish that there was a good minis game for it. I'd be all over that. The one that they, 
the one that almost got off the ground didn't quite have the starship troopers had a lot of potential yeah looked pretty good again ball dropped uh yeah anyway (laughs) so let's go back to the lumineth realm lords their Uh, helmet i just can't get over their helmets their helmets the high elves have always had giant helmets elves in in in, uh games workshop always have gigantic helmets Eldar have giant helmets uh, uh, dark elves have big helmets. The ones for their spearmen and stuff look really cool, but it's the ones with like the bull horns that are just like it's huge. a bit it's, it's a bit like, much. Like what is this thing? Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, yeah, but I mean they all. I think the 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 Ideneth Deepkin actually don't have the gigantic helmets. It's like the only elves that don't. Yeah. The the um the eel riders have big crests on their helmets, but that doesn't look silly. No. So uh, we're not going to go through all of it. It's a lot of information, and we've already been reading a ton of stuff. Go check it out on the Warmer community page. But basically, kind of in a nutshell, they have a lot of the high elf rules that you know and love, like always strike first. Um, they start out with um, extra aether quartz uh, resources that is unique to them. Like lightning reactions allows, it, it's kind of like always strike first. They get two units to swing first instead of one, yep. which is a big deal in Age of Sigmar because you alternate uh, in melee. Um, heightened senses. Uh, you can say that this unit uh, with this ability, when it is picked to shoot a fight, if you do so, add one to hit rolls. Shows that they're really skilled. It's very common for high elves. Um, and then they go into some of the cool abilities that they have for their sub-factions um, within it. They're just painted a different color. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, we're not going to go through every single one of those. Um, it's a lot of information. It's like an entire codex. Yeah. <laughs> so go check it out on the Warmer community page or on Frontline Gaming. And you can deep dive into it. I think their baseline troops are probably some of the coolest models GW's made, though. Yeah. The models are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I love, 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 love the models. I love Battle Cow, too. No, I think he's cool. get out of here. You don't like it? No. I love it. He just, like, his stance is really weird. And then, like, his hammer's, like, pole is, like, super thinny. Or thinny, skinny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I love it. I like the, the, the only thing I'm not a huge fan of is the mountain on his back. But I don't Yeah, the mountain's kind of goofy. Too. I don't hate it, but I love the idea of a giant Battle Cow with a two-handed hammer. That's he great. just like bulked out. Like he, he was like been hitting the gym and stuff. Then I think it's like he doesn't really use cool. illegal performance enhancing drugs, Frankie. Fair enough. He is grass fed all natural beef, bro. He's from California. <laughs> That's Wagyu beef, straight. <laughs> They're just the best, only the best, right? It's a happy cow. And then the the um, the cavalry units are so yeah, good. they're so cool, spectacular, really be- brilliant faction. Yep, um, love it. And those are going to be coming out uh, soon. I think they're actually coming up for pre-order this weekend. Really, really cool. All righty, ITC, if you like it, you dig it, you want to see it continue to thrive, strive, jive. Ooh, there you go. That's a good one. Survive. You're killing it. Keep going. You got it. I'm out. Uh, You can consider supporting it via the ITC Patreon. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. All the money goes back into the ITC, so we can keep it. Doing all the things we just said. I don't need to go there. <laughs> all right, let's answer some questions in the chat. Uh, a lot of chatter about the silly helmets, yeah. Yep. Yep. They are goofy. It's really only the hammer guys, um, the hammer elf unit with the big. Because yeah. they have horn. It's like they have a cone head, and the horns are on the top of the cone. Yeah. It's, it's it is we, a bit. It's silly. odd looking. You could probably just do a head swap. Yeah. And then make them not look as... Because the spearmen and the archers look great. Yeah. They look so cool. They look so good. They have kind of like Spartan helmets on the... Um, yeah. Um, well, Spartan commander helmets. They have the sideways uh, crest 
on the uh, Spearman. Uh, Bladewing says, I think the character Battle Cow looks better than the generic one. Yeah, I like them both. I think they, they look great. Um, Wizard of Boss, yeah, it's William Gibson's Alien 3. Um, and that, yeah, that's that's the audio drama, right? And William Gibson is an amazing writer. Yeah. So I'll have to go check that out, definitely. Uh, Technus looks a bit weird, though. He's floating. Yeah, they do a lot of that dynamic stuff with the models now. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, he's, he's floating on, like, five different rocks that are all, like, piled up, like, super different. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. It's, it's dynamic. Which is he's, like, hovering, you know? Yeah, like, I, like I get it. it. Um, yeah, in the chat... Todachi Express, Tomodachi Express says, can't wait for, for Dark Elves. I'm guessing that the models that we've seen for... Um, uh, Blackstone well, Fortress and stuff? No, not Blackstone Fortress. Warcry? It's, Blackstone Fortress is 40k. It's the Silver Tower. Silver Tower. Dude. So the models that we got for Silver Tower and then and Warcry with the kind of like faceless masks and the ultra dynamic um, Shadow Elves... I'm willing to bet that that's what the line is going to look like, which is cool because they look amazing. Yeah. Uh, I really like, really, really like those models. I just painted up the, the guy from Silver Tower. And he's just such a cool model. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to look amazing. I love that kind of like featureless mask that a lot of them um, wear. It looks really, really cool. Uh, funny to see the ghost armor Eltharian model after he was just added to the Total War Warhammer 2. Oh, that is cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was in there, but yeah, that that character for the um, Lumineth uh, Bright Lords is actually an empty suit of armor. Oh really? Yeah, he's like magical. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and the model's brilliant. Yeah, the model's really cool. Love it. Lawyer uh, Grad, are you able to speak to expected attendance for the SoCal Open and plans going forward for that event? And I believe that's Cooper. Uh, what's up, buddy? So. Uh, tickets are selling really steadily yeah and i think i don't know exactly like how it's gonna plan out because it's in october california especially san diego is opening up really quickly but um right as of now it's triple digit attendance we're selling tickets pretty like we're selling tickets every day it might not be as big as it was last year but it's probably going to be pretty close yeah. And it looks like it's all systems go, like it's going to be fine. Yep. But like, uh, we'll keep our eyes out and uh, make sure that it is all okay. So, um, but yeah, it looks like it should be fine. Yeah. So. And the hilarious part about it, and Coop, good to hear from you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Um, the hilarious thing is that they upgraded us to an even bigger hall. Yeah. Which I didn't even know they had a bigger hall. Ginormous. It's huge. Yeah. So if we do need to be socially distancing at that time, I don't think we will, but I, of course I don't know. Yeah. But if they still do require six feet, it'll be no problem. Oh whatsoever. yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna be like an em, like half empty hall. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. It's like an 80,000 square foot hall, which is twice as big as the main hall at the LVO. Yeah. It's humongous. So there's gonna be like 10 feet, 20 feet or something like that yeah. between tables. It'll, it'll be very spacious, so. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Signals from the Frontline. We hope that you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they have a vaccine, it'd be wonderful. I did just read an article on BBC News that um, they, they have an existing drug that they found is um, pretty that, dang effective. Wasn't um, it a steroid or something? Yeah, it's a steroid. Yeah. Again, we're not doctors, so we're just chatting. But um, go look that up on the BBC News. They found a, a steroid that's already FDA approved. It's already all this stuff, and it's actually... They found it to be pretty dang effective and cheap. 
Yeah. So that's really pos- that's really good, exciting news on the COVID front. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great weekend. Jump in, check out the new 44 by 60s and uh, take a look at the new pre-order coming up. And until then, happy gaming, and we'll talk to you all next week. See you.